Welcome to Eat Me, Drink Me. I'm Mariah. And I'm Maddie. We're two very different sisters bonding over a common interest in food with a drink in hand. Cheers. Cheers. Today's topic is going to be about chocolate. Chocolate. And not, not like milk chocolate, not just that bullshit white chocolate people think is chocolate. We're just going into chocolate. Just general chocolate. It's not just all about dark chocolate, but are you a candy fan? I like candy. I'm, I'm, I used to be chocolate specifically. Uh, Do you like chocolate? Yes. So I actually am a lot more of a dark chocolate fan than I am a milk chocolate fan. Um, I, Oh, dark chocolate's delicious. Like as a kid, yeah, I liked it's like the best. Like, oh, give me a Twix or give me, you know, like I have like a Hershey's bar and stuff like that. But like usually if I'm doing milk chocolate, I like it mixed with other things. But like just dark chocolate, just oh, that's good. It's mm-hmm. tasty. Mixed with other things, like maybe your drink pairing? Maybe. So I actually did go in the dark um drink realm and it's funny because i do have uh the drunken botanist at home and i was like okay let's kind of see what what's the book yes it's a book um and it's basically the plants that create the world's greatest drinks um it's by amy stewart um and it has a lot of really good interesting um facts in there and stuff and so i was like okay let's let's dive into cacao and see what's in there but Honestly, I, I really like what they said about the drinks and stuff. Cause usually they're like, most people go to that sweet chocolate martini or like a mudslide or something. Yeah. And I understand it's, it's good, but it's just so sugary. And I think so- it's the equivalent of like a Starbucks Frappuccino as opposed to just regular coffee. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think that there's like, there's an audience for both. There are days that I like you know, a good Frappuccino. I'm not a, against it, but I think when it comes down to it, you just need that good coffee. And in this case, you just need like a non, something that's not super sweet, something that's just like a good chocolatey drink. Yeah. No, see, that's exactly, that's a perfect way to put it. Like I went to this, I went to Total Wine and I was just kind of perusing and, oh, give me a chocolate beer. I'm, I'm down for that. That's probably what made me fall in love with, oh, like, a good chocolate porter oh yum. yeah oh, oh like the left hand milk stout kind of has that chocolate oh, it tastes no. like a slice Older of chocolate cake chocolate shake oh so good mm-hmm. so, so good I was like okay I can do the beer any I can pick out 30 different chocolate beers I love but so I was like okay let's look what other liqueurs they have and stuff like that and they have the Godiva and they had that but I found let's challenge ourselves. <laughs> I found a dark chocolate rum, um, which was from uh Salveray. It was Salveray dark uh dark chocolate rum. And I'm not usually a rum person, but oh, I love me a good rum. I think it depends on what it's mixed with and it depends on how it's prepared, but oh, so, so good. I think that's- Rum was the first thing I, I may have done numerous shots of. So you're a gin lady. I like gin. Give me gin any day. Yeah. But so when I was looking, like I said, looking through Drunken Botanist, they said they gave me a couple um different suggestions. But one was a dogfish beer that I couldn't get, which definitely um went back more to the like 
fruit of chocolate, like the, the spices and stuff like that. So there was more of a overall richness to it. But so when I found this dark, yeah, it's almost one, like cooking chocolate where it's like almost bitter and exactly. Just, yeah. Yeah. It been. So I just was like, when I found the dark rum, I was like, okay, I can kind of find something. And I was trying to figure out something, but I kind of went traditional after I figured it out. I just went pina colada. Let's see what we could do with it. A pina, a chocolate pina colada? And I will say, I've made it a few different times. And um, sometimes it tastes like a chocolate banana bomb pop. I don't know where the banana comes from. I was just going to ask if there's banana in it because. No, it's just the coconut <sighs> pineapple. Quite unfortunately, I'm allergic to bananas and I'm allergic to pineapple. So pina colada is usually just not my thing. Yeah. So, well, this is, I did two ounces of the dark chocolate rum. I did three ounces of pineapple juice and then three ounces of the cream of coconut. Um, And then. That's it? Yeah, I was kind of lazy. I didn't. Pineapple, coconut, and chocolate rum. That's it. I was Yum. lazy. I didn't blend it like I should have. I understand that makes a little bit, you know, more peanut yeah, blood. who cares? But I just shook it really well. Got it all, you know, and it's just really, I like it. I, my bottle of dark rum is almost gone and I don't usually drink rum. So I think I found a winner. That's awesome. I'm kind of jealous. I wish I could drink that. I, like I said, can't drink pineapple, but we'll have to make like a variation of that. Cause oh. I'm down for the coconut. I'm down for the chocolate. We'll have to make a variation of that whenever I come to visit. Oh, there's, I'm sure we can mix it with other juices or something like. What would be a good combination with coconut and chocolate? Mango. Ooh, I love mango. Keep the fruity, see how that tastes. Down for like, mango. The chocolate. So I did try. You're smart. Damn. Like, I did try it just on the rocks. And it is smooth with a nice chocolate taste that's not sweet. And it matches the rum. I think so that, the whole drink is not too sweet. Mm-hmm. There's nothing about it that's pretty balanced. It's, it's nicely balanced. I do like that. And I'm sure like, you know, you can tweak measurements and stuff. But I just kind of went off the normal um pina colada recipe um and that's added. in the drunken botanist no it that actually didn't even suggest a pina colada that just suggested that um like i said tried to stay away from the uh, chocolate martinis and they were supposed oh, to be more right. um like i said the um the beer that was more paired towards like the spices that you could match right, with right. um with chocolate and stuff so cool but, well, How exciting! Cheers on that, and yeah, cheers. Well, I don't know. Oh, you cheers yourself. There you go. I have. I am not drinking anything chocolate. I wish I was, but uh, I'm gonna go on a tiny rant about my drink. So I found this video on TikTok. Okay, this woman. I just went down the TikTok spiral and got an account, <laughs> and I hate myself for it. Um, well, I found this drink from this woman that doesn't normally do drink recipes, but uh, I wish I could remember her handle right now, but her name is Babs. Um, anyway, she, she has a recipe for a, what? Nothing. Continue. Um, she has a recipe for a tequila Aperol sour. 
I saved this video instantly. I had to try it. I have tequila in my house. I have Aperol. I have limes, but today couldn't be bothered. I, I did a knockoff version, so I didn't. You couldn't be bothered with what? To portion. juice a lime. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, the so, alcohol portion of that is kind of important if you couldn't be bothered. No, it was just the lime. I, I couldn't be bothered. Um, <laughs> Laziness to an extreme. So, you know, I just added a little bit of tequila, a little bit of Aperol. Didn't, didn't measure anything. Just kind of eyeballed it. And then um, it actually calls for triple sec or Cointreau also. So I used a little bit of uh, triple sec, what was left in my bottle. And then you top it off with some um, sparkling water. And I have some black cherry vanilla seltzer or sparkling water from Wegmans. It's so freaking good. It tastes like a soda, but it doesn't have any sugar. Um, so I topped it off. Wait, um, it's pretty... Uh- Damn delicious. I'm sorry. I, I, I say like blacked out halfway through. Black cherry and tequila. Yeah. I'll make it for you. It's good. It's a black cherry vanilla sparkling water. Okay. So, so that's just the top, but it's tequila, Aperol, triple sec. Have you ever had the chocolate tequila that's out there? What do you mean? No. Oh, there's, there's chocolate tequila. Um, what do you mean that's out there? Like their specific Virginia triple sec or Virginia, but like triple sec. Like I know tequila? Patron. Patron does. Uh, oh dirt. yeah, no, uh, I'm not doing like, that shit. No, 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 no. Just thinking that might be good with the black cherry and vanilla mixture in it. It's very subtle. It's not like overwhelming. That's fair. Usually the seltzers aren't very or overpowering. I guess. Yeah, and it's just the top off. It's not like a ton. Anyway, <laughs> well, it's good. I wish I had chocolate, but I don't. Well, instead, you can feed me some knowledge on chocolate, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to take a little bit of a time machine back. We're going back forth thousand years ago they didn't have you know the good pina coladas back then (laughs) i don't think they had a lot of things back then as far as our alcohol choices (laughs) but you know what they did have cacao plants you know where they had them mesoamerica which is present day mexico so honestly they could be making this exactly where you're sitting at this moment considering you're in arizona Southern Arizona. That's fair. We steal land. Who knows what happens here? I mean, yeah, Arizona used to be Mexico till what, 1914 or something. That could be wrong. 1912. <laughs> I know history. I think anyway, 1914 is when. No, it's February 14th, 1912. 14, you just. Yeah. Okay. okay. I just messed myself. <laughs> We're smart, I promise. Anyway, so the first uh, cacao plants were found in ancient Mesoamerica, which is present-day Mexico, about 4,000 years ago. So is it just like a plant or is a bush? Sure. So it's a plant. Uh, a cacao plant has a fruit, and inside the fruit has seeds. And those seeds are used to make chocolate. Okay, so I, I guess I always thought it was a tree. 
So any sort of plant, I'm just thinking of a bush. Now. Plants are trees. Trees are plants. Okay, well, I know. I guess you think of a house plant <laughs> when you say plant. That's my fault. I'm sorry. You think of like a like a like a pathos, like a ivy. That's exactly what like I had that. in my head, and I couldn't think the name of it. Okay. No, it's not like that. Um, it's yeah, I think it's it's a, it's a tree. Okay, so I didn't mean to throw the plant. I it's just still a to make plant, sure I, but it is a no, tree. I yes, you are correct. I guess it was just in my mind. I'm just trying to get a visual for the scope of the Yes, plant. it's a tall tree. They come with these giant fruits, and inside of the fruits are seeds, and those seeds are used to make chocolate. So one of the earliest civilizations in Latin America called the Olmec, or... I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, the Olmec were the first to actually turn the cacao plant into chocolate. Um, the Olmecs, the Olmecs, geez Louise, man. Um, then passed along their knowledge to the Aztecs who took chocolate to the next level. Yeah. So I know a little about a, that. They got a little weird with chocolate. they just um so the aztecs like i only covered it briefly because i wanted to keep it kind of quick but you know it was always um common for people to use chocolate or cacao in to make a beverage right it was like either a hot or cold beverage that was kind of like a hot chocolate i guess in so many words or whatever but it never really went past that. The Aztecs elevated it to the next level. So they used it to make chocolate. They used it to make chocolate drinks, but they also considered it to be more valuable than gold. So it was often used to like buy food or other goods. It was traded. It was like, became a currency. Exactly. It was something for the elite. It was like you were high end if you had chocolate or if you had cacao, I guess. Um, however, lower class citizens were also able to enjoy it, but it was usually only on special occasions like weddings. So <laughs> Montezuma the second, every time I read that, I always want to say Montezuma two because <laughs> of the way it's written. <laughs> But Montezuma II, <laughs> uh, he was said to drink like a shit ton of it every single day for energy, but also as an aphrodisiac. <laughs> okay. So I guess I was just like, I knew that that they used to use it as like part of their like medicine and rituals and stuff like that. But that might have been like the Mayans maybe then instead. Yeah, I didn't really go too far into the Mayans. I kind of, um, yeah, went Aztecs and then to Europe. So that, I mean, yeah, it definitely had like a lot of uses, but all of the uses were kind of hierarchy or hierarchical. I know that word. No, that makes sense. I guess I just... I was it was like, for like oh, we need life. help. We're going to put chocolate on it because that's what the rich have. And so we have better things. You know what I mean? So I, I guess the, just the only reason I was asking is because I did. I could be wrong. That, no, no, no. I'm sure what you're saying. 
again, different areas, different times, the way things, you know, also there's only so much of history that is actually like properly recorded and stuff from that time or what we know, but um, right. Yeah. A lot of, especially in like the Olmec time, nothing was recorded. I guess this is where I guess it would be correlated to the rich in what I'm saying is the, um, I just saw something where it was like, they praised it as like, um, a drink of the gods. And so, oh, yeah, it was, um, there's a word, I can't remember the exact word for it, but in Greek, it literally translates to food of the gods. Okay. It was That's a just high I end it was thing. It was other kind of like, you know. Um, Absolutely. And it was thought to be like that for a very long time. It was a very elitist thing well, it's to still have. kind of thought to be that way it relieves yeah, stress. Absolutely. It relieves, like at least like there's still like those really fancy dark chocolates oh that you can God. only get from like a fancy chocolatier that are just I mean oh, oh so uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Very you also pricey. on the flip side of it, you can get a little like fifty dollar or fifty cent uh you know, bar of chocolate at the checkout at a grocery store, you know, there are different levels to it, which is very interesting because it does have that wide range of audiences and, but also that wide range of quality. Yeah. So the quality versus the, you know, the quantity, but also not trying to get dark, but like where it's coming from and like the, like standards of the facility that it's coming Absolutely. from and stuff. Um, just, I know there's certain chocolates out there that are like more prone to trying to fight some of the aspects of the darker parts of chocolate. Um, <laughs> you know, no pun intended. Yeah. yeah. There's a whole, um, area of like, modern day chocolate production and how, you know, a lot of the farmers are struggling and how, you know, they're, because they're struggling, they kind of resort to these like low wage or slave labor type practices. And so there's a huge fair trade chocolate, uh, you know, revolution kind of revolution in a small sense, but Uh, happening that's becoming a lot more aware to modern day consumers but anyway i'm gonna go kind of you no no forward trucking actually yeah (laughs) backtrack again to no um, we're gonna go back to montezuma oh who's using this as kind of like a energy source because as we know chocolate has uh natural sources of caffeine and um so he's using this and as like an energy source, it's his, you know, back in the day, monster Red Bull <laughs> energy drink. He's just drinking a t- like gallons and gallons of this every day, um, which is kind of gross considering how hard it is for me to drink just a gallon of water a day. <laughs> like imagine drinking gallons of like kind of chocolate water. I guess but the thing is gross. like, I'm just curious because I'm just thinking of what... Montezuma's not Montezuma's time, but like other places when we had water, water wasn't always as purified or something. So maybe the chocolate sure. was his sole purpose, sole like um source of fluid of some sort. Like I mean, maybe, but I think it sounds like he's just kind of uh high and mighty. I'm not really sure. But I do know that 
you know, later they do start to use milk instead of water because of those purposes. But before we get to that, Montezuma also, he reserved a lot of um, those cacao beans for the military as well, or his military, because they were known to provide energy. And so he wanted to make sure that they were staying awake and being able to fight as well as possible. It makes so, sense. And soldiers. Exactly. Um, and then actually kind of went on to later days, but I'll get to it. So chocolate first made its way to Europe uh, via Spain in the late 1500s, and it spread from there. Uh, it was so, kind of hard to determine. There's tons of stories to figure out how it got to Spain. There, I saw something of that, actually, when I was just trying to look around and just random things and yeah there's so many stories I, mean, I saw like three main stories they kind of go on yeah of. one has to do with Christopher Columbus um one. bringing it over because he ran into another ship that had it and so he just kind of like in so many words stole their goods and took them back to Spain um another one was you know, somebody was visiting and brought them back as a gift. Yeah, and I saw. I can't remember like the third, Ryan but Cortez, I believe, and mm-hmm. then something yeah. else was. One was like um, somebody who was like on a, like a slave ship, a sh- slave ship, and they um brought it to Philip um Philip II of Spain. <laughs> and uh, Montezuma two and Philip two two um, yeah but um, <laughs> oh maybe it's yeah Philip yeah so Philip of second of Spain uh it, I saw so I just find that curious they really can't pinpoint an exact yeah I've also heard like a soldier brought it back but kept it as a secret I mean there's so many stories but Nobody is really quite sure how it ended up in Spain, but it is a common understanding that it just, it started in Spain. (laughs) They all know it started in Spain. So uh, that happened in the late 1500s. And like I said, it kind of spread throughout Europe from there. And with a high demand for chocolate came plantations, unfortunately. And, um, those were worked by just thousands of slaves. So again, like we said in the bacon episode, you know, it's kind of, it's a common thing in history where if something becomes of high demand, especially back then, it's just very common for slaves to have been the people that did it. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. It's what it was, but it's really important to acknowledge history. And I think it's important to acknowledge um, the role that slaves had in, uh, producing a lot of the early chocolate. So Europeans were, let's just say not a huge fan of the bitter chocolate taste that the Aztecs, uh, were accustomed to. So they added sugar and other flavorings and spices and stuff to make it just more to their liking. Kind of makes it to where we have our chocolate today and stuff, the adding and stuff. Exactly. So chocolate soon after made its way to America in 1641. So can I throw in a fun fact before we get to America? (laughs) Sure. So while I was kind of looking, um, did you know that the Catholic Church actually um, once associated 
chocolate with uh heretic heretic heretical behavior um including blasphemy extortion witchcraft seduction as well as being an absorbent jew so what does that even sorry i'm sitting over my mic what does that even mean like so so, if you liked it if you consumed it if you bought it what does that mean so basically because of part of it coming from aztec and mayan religion and the fact that it was part of their social life and like their currency like you were saying yeah this is probably where i dove a little bit into that like um religious aspect there were those religious religious um ritual rituals that were done around chocolate and so when it came to it coming to europe and the catholic church having to anything anything to do with it they were like um excuse me that's not our you know our god this is not our stuff and so they had god forbid we associate a god with a food item well but then it became a big (laughs) problem (laughs) as well as um trying to figure out if um like when it came to um fasting if fasting would be like a chocolate would be included yes because you can drink it you can like there are nutrition but it contains calories so modern day would say no you can't (laughs) well but it kind of went back and they but it kind of was was considered like a religious practice in some ways to have chocolate and it was yeah so they eventually had to they finally kind of decided that it was not considered like it was considered fasting because it was kind of like wine you can drink it if it was drinking like it was that form you know but they did actually do sacrifices with chocolate beverages to the aztec gods so they i'm sorry excuse me yeah so that's why i was asking about that i kind of went into that's why i was like i found something on that those were like they wait what do you mean sacrifices so it was like they Okay, I'll I'll just read this little part of this article I found. It was just saying that chocolates, um, chocolate beverages basically played a integral role in a annual sacrifice to the god Aztec god Quetzalcoatl, um, and it was per uh, it was basically um causing the soon to be sacrificed slave to rejoice at the prospect of his own death. So they would like basically make them like either drink the chocolate or and then get killed in this sacrifice to the god. So the you know okay, you found the like dark web version <laughs> of chocolate research that I did not even look into at all. I'm really intrigued by this though. So we'll I mean maybe go into like a with something so good of um different foods and stuff like that absolutely but it did really have big problem like the catholics had a really big problem with now the chocolate coming into you know the european life and how yeah i did read a little bit about that i think my notes just kind of i skimmed through it to try to keep it a little bit short but holy shit no 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 but no I'm like so happy you did because that's so crazy yeah so it just I I found that kind of interesting on 
that point of how we, again, take different cultures and figure out what is okay. And we piece it apart and, you know, and take what we like. Yeah, with anything so good, there's always going to be somebody that capitalizes on it to make it either a religious thing or a um, thing of the elite, or, you know, there's always going to be some sort of aspect like that. And I think that's a very common thing in food. You know, in some cases it's like only we can grow it. So we're the elite or, you know, other things are like, it's just that good. (laughs) Like we really need to make it a, a, yeah. So um, after chocolate, made its way to America in 1641. Obviously this is, you know, a little while later, but during the revolutionary war, chocolate was sometimes given as a part of their rations or instead of payment, like it was given as a form of currency so that they didn't have to pay the soldiers. Um, it was still kind of in that way thought of as money, but also, I mean, it sustained them at least it was something sure. Yeah. It has fat, it has carbs. It it has a little bit of protein. I mean, it's got some sustenance to it that I can see it being a really good food source. And in the revolutionary war, there were definitely periods of time where they were short on money and maybe had some chocolate and, those people that were, they were short on food and they were, you know, eating their horses and they were eating, you know, they just weren't, it was very hard to survive. And so I can see that being a very good option. I don't know the details on it, all of it. So please correct us. You said that was during the revolution? During the revolutionary war. Yeah. That's were... just interesting. Cause I know that, um, during world war two, uh, M&M's it was s- also given as rations in World War II. Yeah. Well, M&M's were sold exclusively to the U.S. military back then. Oh. Um, and they actually tried to, um, they basically made it so that they wouldn't melt. They try to figure out like that part. Is that what the coating, coating is? The coating so they could transport them to the soldiers without them melting. So that's just interesting that it's been a very back and forth wartime ration for everyone. Yeah, that's awesome. We'll have to do an episode on M&Ms because as you and I know from going to the M&M factory as kids, (laughs) there's like a really crazy history to it. We'll have to do an episode on it. Hey, where are our own M&Ms? Hey, 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 Maddie and Mariah, M&Ms. That's what our grandma calls us. <laughs> our other grandma, not the one mentioned in our last episode. <laughs> um. Anyway, so let's see, where did I leave off? The revolution. Yeah, so past the revolution. So in 1847, the first chocolate bar was molded. And soon after, Nestle brought milk chocolate to the mass market. That's not even 200 years ago. Yeah. 1847. I mean, that's not even that long after the Revolutionary War, honestly. Damn. When was the Revolutionary War? 1781? Oh, shit. Uh, Is that right? 1776 is when Alexander Hamilton met Aaron. According to the musical. Um, The American Revolutionary War went from 1781. 1781 to no. 1784 
No, no, 1784. That makes it 1775 <laughs> to 1778. Wait, 1783. I can't do. I can't read. Wait, what is it? 1775 to 1783. Okay, so basically 60 years later. That's just insane. I'm just. I'm thinking about like we're not even on 200 years of a chocolate bar and there's so many different chocolate bars out there. Absolutely. So in 1847, the first chocolate bar was molded and Nestle brought milk. Hi, Fanny. (laughs) So Nestle brought milk chocolate to the mass market. And nowadays chocolate is mostly consumed as candy, but it can still be found as the original drink beverage that was found hundreds of years ago in a few places. Um, it's, I mean, it's only developed from there. They just keep adding, you know, sugar to it and a bunch of different items to it. I'm not going to go into all of the like fancy little, uh, Reese's pieces and M&Ms. I'm not going to go into all that modern day stuff because that's just like a lot. And it's all very superficial. It's just adding a lot of milk to things. It's adding a lot of sugar to things. The minute they start adding milk to anything, that's when. Obviously, milk chocolate came around, but sure, which was in 1947, which is crazy. But okay, really briefly, I want to talk about white chocolate. It's not that shit is not chocolate, (laughs) but I want to talk about it. So, white chocolate is made out of cocoa butter, sugar, milk solids, and vanilla. That's it. Yeah, there's there's no actual cacao in it that's all the attention i'm gonna pay to it doesn't deserve more okay i was gonna say white chocolate is shit that's all that's i'm done i'm done like i understand the like i oh give me a good white chocolate mac and damien cookie any day sure sure but if we're talking about chocolate like it is just by itself mm -mm. dark chocolate oh so good Mm. and honestly throwing in another fun fact i don't think that the Nazis could have done what they did with um, white chocolate that they did with dark chocolate. Wait, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, back in World Did War- you know that Fanta was the official drink of the Nazis? We'll do an episode on it. <laughs> okay, well, back in World War II, the a German secret agents um, in a planted in Britain wanted to basically confer, like configure a chocolate bomb. So it was basically going to be a thin layer of chocolate coated on a bomb packaged in expensive looking black and gold paper to be placed in the war cabinet where Winston Churchill often liked to hang out. And so it's just going to be placed there in open sight. So you'd be like, oh, here's a piece of chocolate. And once you grabbed it and opened it, the bomb would go off because they painted chocolate on the top of the bomb. Thanks. Sounds like a Trojan horse. Yes. But But a chocolate Trojan horse. Yeah. It was a good idea, but they they, they created this bomb. Not to give them credit, but... No, they I mean chocolate. <laughs> a very thin bomb and coated it and wrapped it very nicely. Um, thankfully though, um MI5's um MI5 got 
like alerted to this. And I was just going to say, did it work? No. Um, <laughs> okay, so good. Thankfully, they were thwarted before any of this happened. But, you know, history could have gotten a little bit different thinking about, you know, learning about Winston Churchill blowing up because of a chocolate bomb. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? I don't know. We don't. You learn weird stuff in history already, so they might have just skipped yeah. that over and not even like pay any mind to it. Just be like, you know, what happened? Oh yeah, that's how Winston Churchill died. <laughs> no, that's not how he died. <laughs> that's crazy. Okay, so um, next we're gonna get into a little bit of just kind of the nutrition of chocolate and some recipes. But before we do that, let's take a quick break. Well, lay some nutrition on me. Why should I love chocolate? Why should you love chocolate more? Okay, so I'm only going to talk about dark chocolate. You're a dark chocolate fan. I'm a dark chocolate fan. Milk chocolate has its place. It's rare for me. Again, we can go down another like a spiral of milk chocolate. Yeah, honestly, we could do a whole episode on dark chocolate. We could do a whole episode on milk chocolate. Whole episode on white chocolate. This is a general fake chocolate, chocolate, but for the nutrition facts, doing dark chocolate. It's my favorite. It's the one we eat most often. So, and it's basically the true source of chocolate versus after you add all of the other nonsense. Yes, exactly. You're not adding all that extra sugar, all that extra shit. So in this nutritional fact, thing this is accounting for how healthy is chocolate well it's recommended a lot of times by doctors and stuff and you know when you have your period nothing's better than a big block of dark chocolate to make you feel better like literally the smell of chocolate increases theta brain waves to increase relaxation just smelling chocolate makes you relax yeah like yeah so, like, the actual smell of chocolate, like, promotes the increase of your theta brainwaves in it. So, those, like, you. sensey things that you were talking about, do they make chocolate-flavored ones? <laughs> oh, I'm sure they do. But, you know, maybe that was the whole thing with, like, Montezuma. Like, maybe he was just... He was almost getting so high on chocolate. Get high <laughs> on your own supply, Montezuma. Yeah. Okay, so, there are several percentages right of chocolate you can have like a 100 percent chocolate and those are not good <laughs> nobody wants to just eat those those are like baking chocolate they're super freaking bitter uh, i would say if i'm doing dark chocolate i'm usually in like the 70 same 72 percent right same so that's actually the nutrition facts that i'm gonna give you is for that 70 percent range so for a, a chocolate bar, we're going to go like four squares, which is about 40 grams of chocolate of 70%. It's about 250 calories. Not too bad. Um, and 19 grams of that is going to be fat. So that's about 29% of your daily requirements for fat. If you were on a, you know, 2000 calorie 2000 yeah, calorie 
not bad, I would say that makes sense because of the way chocolate is. Yeah, it's got that cocoa butter. It's got those, you know, fat solids. It's, I, I mean, 12 grams of that is saturated fat, but I wouldn't really, I really, I wouldn't really worry too much about that because even if you jump to that 90% chocolate range, same amount of chocolate, it's going to be slightly less calories, but more of it is going to be fat. So I just, in that 70% range, I really, really wouldn't worry about it. And, um, it's going to have a little bit of sodium. That's just normal. Whenever you have processed items, it's going to have a little bit of salt to make it you know, balance and taste what, um, taste good. It's going to have 17 grams of carbs. Most of that is going to be sugar and a little bit of that is going to be fiber. Yeah. But I guess that's where with the dark chocolate, at least it's a little bit more of a natural sugar versus like the milk chocolate where you're adding the, yeah, you're no, you're having, you have added sugar for sure, but it's maybe not, it's not going to be anywhere near as much as it would be if you were to have milk chocolate or white chocolate. Um, and then for that, again, only 40 grams of the 70% chocolate, it's going to be three grams of protein. So you have a little bit of everything is definitely less protein than it is fat or carbs. So it's not quite as balanced as you would like a normal food to be or something, but it is a really good option, um, for a kind of healthy snack to be fair. It's not, yeah, I was going to say, it's not something that you should be sitting there eating just like chunks of chocolate for sure. Yeah. And it, but it's a good alternative like to, potato chips or, you know, something, I mean, our, I mean, our grandma, our grandma Terry, she is a huge advocate for drinking a glass of wine and a couple squares of dark chocolate before bed every night. And that actually helps balance the blood sugar and make sure that you stay asleep all night and not waking up in the middle of the night. Well, the fat is yeah, absolutely fat in the middle of the night always helps you stay asleep and stuff like that. So that makes sense. So, uh, that's, that's it for our, uh, nutrition. I mean, there's some other things I could have gone into as far as like the antioxidant components and stuff, but, um, it really just depends on percentages again, but there are some flavonoids that are going to be in there that help to help. It helps your body fight against, uh, free radicals that are causing oxidation in your body, which could then in turn cause cancer if you let them get out of control, but that's in a very uh, small amount. That's insane. I just like for it coming from such a, like this bean on the tree, you know, and like, I, I did look it up while we were doing that. These trees live up to about 200 years old, Holy but they, shit, yeah, know and that. they only produce the cacao beans every, um, oh, they only produce cacao beans for 25 years. So you only have this small window that you can be collecting. Yeah. Your, um, those beans. beans. And then like, that's why, um, but like, I guess it's very interesting because it, the tree itself is actually um, a 
family of the Mavake. I'm probably butchering that, but um, that is a family which includes cotton and okra. So, oh tech, yeah, I read about that. It's that same family of trees. Is a vegetable. Yeah, but I get really tech. It's a fruit. It's a fruit. (laughs) It's related to a lot of vegetables, but it does have seeds, which is what the actual cacao is like. What chocolate is made from is from those cacao seeds. So in order to be considered a fruit, you have to have seeds. I'm going to argue for the, I'm arguing for fruit. (laughs) Well, let's go to the food portion of that then. Um, Yeah. What are we cooking for dinner? So... I'm Sorry, doing the little dinner dance. Well, I, again, I may have chose to. I have a hard time picking recipes. I'm sorry. But so. Please cho- tell me you chose a mole. I did, actually. Yes. So tell me. anybody who doesn't know what a mole is, that is a. That's true. We're Arizona girls. Yeah. So there are, you know, it is a traditional sauce and marinade, uh, marinade, um, which is basically, it's fruit, nut, chili peppers, and like spices and stuff. So there's a lot of different types. Um, So I actually am going to have to find a little bit more of a traditional recipe actually from town, which I, I'll have to do research and I'll be able to find one real quick. But I just went cruise through my own cookbooks and I just found a mole um, from my professional chef cookbook. And, oh, there's so many good things in here. And just there's so many good mole recipes. I mean, yeah, like you got cinnamon, you've got chocolate, you've got like, sometimes they put like again, I said nuts. So you put like almonds in there. There's like the tomatoes, onions, everything combined. It's just such a it's magical, such like, a good like savory sauce. But it's a little chocolatey. But you wouldn't the average. I mean, I think the average person wouldn't expect their taste buds to acknowledge chocolate in a non-sweet way and this is a really great way to consume it um in a savory way and that that's a really great way to put it because usually like you do like you do like it with chicken um and that chicken taste with that chocolate there's just something about it oh good so i will definitely um like i said i'll find a little bit more of a traditional recipe from town and stuff because i know people that i can get one from um but it's it's so good, and if you've never had mole, it it is a little bit of a tedious like process. But it's it doesn't so have worth to it. be. It, you can it, make it in a simple way, but to make it really good, it is a little tedious. But yeah, it's that's so fair. worth Anything. it. Yeah. But yeah, uh, just Google it, or we're gonna definitely do a video on Maddie making uh, some mole at some point. I actually have a couple of people in mind now that I'm thinking of like diving into getting a recipe. I'm, I, I'm cooking for one this week, so it's hard to, you know, make large meals for people. Um, but on the other side of that. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Tom is out of town. Yeah. So I'm just kind of 
fending for yourself. Yeah, I mean, you know, eat cheese bread, whatever, you know. That's Maddie's go-to, that's cheese bread. Sometimes when you don't (laughs) want to cook and all you want is some bread, oh, so good. All right, what's your second recipe? Well, you kind of got to go to the sweet and- A dessert. Yeah, I've got a couple different chocolate dedicated books, but, you know, I actually- um, Got to go to the Ghirardelli um, shop in San Francisco this year. Unfortunately, I was not allowed to go. Well, not, not allowed, but like it was not open to go around the um, actual tour of the facility and stuff like that. Um, but they had their Ghirardelli cookbook. So I've gotten that. And, you know, you can do brownies you can do there's so many different great things but I figure just these individual soft center cakes would be great they're like just a lava cake yeah kind of they're just ah. like these individual here I actually have a picture I'll show you these like individual oh my god are those raspberries cakes. on top yes oh. and so it's really basic it's just butter you know, uh, cacao, bittersweet, chocolate bar, eggs, sugar, vanilla, flour, and you're good to go. You top it with whipped cream or Easy fruit. peasy. And you know, like after you're- You can't go sweet, wrong with the lava cake. No, you can't. And I just, you know, at least these are like, they're individual. So you, I know with brownies, you can do it individual, but like you just want to figure out a way to make two. It's an easy cut down recipe you can do. Um, I'll try to, like I said with the mole, I'll try to make it that not an excessive large meal because sometimes you find these recipes and you're like, okay, I can eat that for only three days and you have so many leftovers. Yeah, you don't so. want to be cooking for 20. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's my, uh, my professional chef. I love this cookbook, but um, I portions. Don't... Well, let's see this serves um makes 10 servings okay so a lot more than one (laughs) one yeah so you just kind of one or two or whatever but all right well i do have sounds delicious last fun fact to end on just because we didn't really get into the later dates of um Chocolate, just because, like you said, it does get into a little bit of a murky, high sugar content kind yeah, of way. Yeah, which we can definitely do, and it yeah. will go and explain all. There's Modern so day candy, I think, deserves its own. Oh yeah, and there's different companies and stuff like that that do great stuff, or the way that you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I don't know if you know who Alfred Hitchcock is. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever heard that name before. <laughs> okay, I know this. This takes guy. me uh roll back to middle school, where all we used to do <laughs> was watch Alfred Hitchcock movies in our seventh grade gate class. <laughs> well, yes, Mr. Mr. Owens, Owens was a <laughs> hardcore Alfred Hitchcock fan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was either that or um in the Twilight Zone. Yes, absolutely. So the film Psycho actually used chocolate syrup for the uh, the blood in the shower scene. What? 
Yes. And so for their whole. They didn't even try. Let's be fair. It's black and white. They don't really have to. But that shit's thick. Yeah. But think about how great that scene was. It didn't look like you had that fake blood. And sometimes it's so, you know, that perfect black and white scene with this chocolate syrup. It looks like blood. I mean, whenever you're watching it in seventh grade, you're not really thinking about if that looks realistic <laughs> or not. But well, I have, yeah, that's crazy. Like I'm messing with the most realistic thing in the world. There, you know, it is a movie. But that's I crazy that though. That's cool. Like, that's a that's a great fun fact. It smells a lot better than probably some stuff that they might have to use for fake blood. Yeah, so. I've used fake blood before um, when I was a makeup artist. <laughs> and oh, for the opera? Okay, I was like, yeah, fake blood <laughs> No, we used it for the, yeah, at the Arizona Opera Company whenever I did makeup there. And it it doesn't, like, smell bad, but it's a very... I'm just thinking, like... thing to work with sometimes. Well, but also, like, thinking of, like the rushing water and stuff like that, like the viscosity of chocolate probably presents Probably dilutes lot. it a little bit better than actual blood would just be kind of washing away. So yeah, you can actually nice tell. Yeah, that's a great, great fun fact. I didn't know well, that. It's that's like, really cool. We'll have to go into um, what they use for commercials for food, like uh, ice cream. A lot of times they yes, use we'll have mashed, to do a whole episode about this because it is potatoes fascinating like to me. Or like what they use instead of milk. Okay, we'll get into it. It'll be another episode because oh. that is great. I'm writing it down right now. But, um, well, well chocolate questions or anything we didn't hit on because you know there is a lot to cover and we're any fun chocolate stories we love to hear you know personal anecdotes uh email us at eat me drink me podcast at gmail.com you can like would you want to have uh your own chocolate fountain like willy wonka or waterfall i guess that was or madame chocolate (laughs) anyway um and anyway so you can also find us on instagram at eat me drink me podcast or on twitter at eat me drink me pod we will also soon be doing videos on tiktok at eat me drink me podcast as well All right. On that note, uh, thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time. And don't forget, don't cook bacon naked.